As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Each week, producer Phil, a guest, and I watch a horrible theater-released movie. We record our conversation, and then we tear that movie to shreds. We keep it family-friendly, so gather the family around the old smartphone, laptop, or tablet and join in on the fun. Just like all the great Studio DNA podcasts, find the Horrible Movie Podcast at Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that suggests peanut butter or an ice cube for when someone spits chewing gum in your hair, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons, get those perks! Patrons, <laughs> get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else comes from the pop culture world that we want to chat about. And joining me today, it's Josh Childs! Woo-hoo, that's my name, don't wear it out. Dude, it is so good to have you back on the show. Hey, um, it's good to be back. Weather and whatnot is keeping Andrew from the studio today, but uh, the podcasting must go on, and so we're going to have a good time talking about a lot of fun stuff, including the movie Greta. Yeah. Uh, We're going to chat about that. We're going to do best ever movies that feature a woman's name in the title, Yeah, um, which is something both you and I wrote on uh, at SifPop.com, which is kind of fun. So uh, now that that's like a weekly article there that you can check out. Uh, and uh, then, of course, all the usual stuff, Buried Treasure and a little bit, just a little bit of Do We Care and some other fun stuff as well as some Oscar chat. But before we get into all that, how are you doing? Like, what's going on in your life, man? <laughs> um, I'm well, man. Um, what is going on? I've been, uh, you know, working, working here. Well, that's good yeah, because last time we chatted or, or one of the times we chatted, you were talking about you know your starring role, uh, us you know right beside De Niro, and yeah. so I you know I want, <laughs> yes I know that might be a little bit of a sore subject, but I want you know, just catch us up on your acting world, like you know how are things going? I know your brother's been in 
preacher, you know, for last season and lots of fun stuff. So kind of catch us up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was, I, um, I was, I, so I, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to talk about. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair um, but enough. I was, I, there was an episode, uh, well, there's a new series coming to Netflix that I am on the first episode. It's not a huge role. Um, but I, when I know for sure that I can talk about it, I will happily share it. I think it's pretty close to its uh, to coming out. I've been hearing some nice. talk about it, so it's com- it's coming soon. Um, and it's a cool idea. It's a, the show's a cool concept. It's an anthology series, so every mm. episode will be its own sort of story. Um, so so there's that. Um, there's an episode of the Inspectors, which okay. is an ABC. Um, no, is that CBS? Sorry, not ABC. Wait, oh, yeah, it's you're CBS. fired now. I know, you're don't so tell. fired now. Um, but it it actually is a show that comes on maybe right now. It's a Saturday um, late morning show, um, and they're in their fourth season. And the episode that I I was in, I guest starred in, not a uh, not co starred. I actually got a chance to guest star in it. Ooh. Is um, Coming up soon. I don't know exactly what episode it is um, because it's they've changed their schedule around. Like the order that they shot them isn't necessarily the order that they're releasing them. Um, so I've reached out to them, but it's coming up soon because the, the season's coming to a close. So that will be fun. Oh, cool! And I do think I'm allowed to talk about that one. I I that's I just you know live vicariously through you, my acting friend. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like to pretend in my fantasies that I could be an actor. And, well. <laughs> uh, with that also comes, uh, like the project yesterday, I was in um, Knoxville, which is a live uh, corporate training event. So it's oh. it's all across the board <laughs> with me. You Fun know. times. Well, yeah. uh, Netflix show coming out, anthology show, you're in it, so we can confirm now. Josh is in season whatever of, of Black Mirror, and I just think that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. I, don't, I, think that's I know amazing. I can't say what I am a part of, but I can't say, but I can say what I'm not a part of. In fact. <laughs> okay, but fair that enough. would be sweet. That would be really fair cool. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, we're pumped to have you back on the show. Always great having you on. Like mentioned, you are doing uh, wonderful, fun work already at SifPop.com, which is just kind of launching some fun new stuff. Uh, yeah. which we, can ch- we can chat about that real quick before we get into the show. Um, if you haven't visited SifPop.com recently, Uh, I would encourage you to do so because lots of interesting new stuff is coming. Uh, We have a managing editor. Blake is is editing for us, and he's putting together some great content. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should be at least weekly content now, and obviously down the road, we're hoping that becomes more and more consistent. Uh, The podcast will post there. Um, as well as articles, for instance, in the Best Ever Challenge was the first article came out this week on the the Best Ever Challenge that we'll be talking about on this episode. And reviews will be coming out there as well. And Josh, I believe you're writing the review for the movie we're going to be talking about. Is that correct? Oh, uh, that is correct. Nice. I did have, you get that turned in? Or I did. Um, although I didn't. I thought I thought it was under the wire, uh, under the gun a bit. So I didn't really like super edit it. So I told Blake he could, but when he said that. You know, normally you guys like the the time frame is going to be Monday turnarounds. Is that correct? Generally? We're going to start. Yes, generally we're going to start by uh, getting our reviews out on Monday for whatever movie is out for the weekend. We are currently in process of getting our writers access to press screenings. Oh and wow! And wow. if that happens, then we'll be able to have stuff out 
on release, which is oh, obviously yeah. the goal. That'd be awesome. Um, but for now, because our writers have to see the movies when they come out, uh, we, we like to give them a couple days. So gotcha. and, and one, of, one of the things about Sif Pop that we've always said is we don't need to be first. We just want to be smart. You know, we don't need to. We just want to write good stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's the first person to talk about a movie or a thing. Yeah. We just want to make sure we're talking about it in an intelligent way. So, well, yeah, we I, give her- it's more it's more fun to to, to instead of change the, the trajectory of somebody's going to watch it or not. But then to it's more fun to actually have a conversation with them. Right. About. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's fair. Both are important. Both are valuable. But um but yeah, for now, that's kind of the way things are going with the reviews. So we're excited. You'll be the first, the first guru to uh, to write a review on sifpop.com. So um, much appreciate you for doing that. And of yeah, course, man. we'll get into talking about the movie here on the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, check it out. Sifpop.com. Lots of fun stuff going on there. And of course, members of Sifpop get all of that early at patreon.com slash Sifpop. So if you want to check out uh, what membership is all about, you can do that there. Patrons sure get those perps. <laughs> patrons get those perps well are I you was still a, on your crime show or what's going on i got nervous okay fair i enough. didn't know if i was supposed to say it or not so i just blurted it out and i had just, a coffee in my mouth just anytime anytime you hear the word patron patrons just, have those perks that's right you got it it's like playing a sla- uh, slapjack with my with my kids <laughs> that's You're, a dangerous game man it is but they yeah anyway yeah, that's a you'll lose a finger playing that game, yeah, or they will. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Of course, I'm no, of course I'm, not. You, you're you're amazing. I'm tons better at the game than they are. That's <laughs> all right. Well, let's move into uh, the show. We'll kick it off with some. Do we care? Just going to talk about one thing today. Um, popped up in my feed, and I think this is worth chatting about. Yeah, Steven Spielberg facing a little bit of backlash after suggesting to the Academy Board that they make it illegal for Netflix to enter into the uh, Oscar conversation. What is going on here? What do you think about this, Josh? Do we care? Um, I think we definitely care. Um, I'm of, I'm actually of multiple minds on it, you know. I think on the surface it it it's it's a, it's hard to kind of dig in and see what the full motivation is. You know, I I wonder right. if there's more than what like he just kind of what he's talking about. Well, he's always, I mean, he for a while now has spoken against Netflix. He does not like that they are, how they are impacting the movie go, how he thinks they are impacting the movie going experience. Yeah. So he has spoken about it before. This is just kind of a continuation of that philosophy, I think. Yeah. Well, that's the, and I do, I think I agree with him on that aspect of it. It's just taking this extra step that's hard for me to, to kind of get on board with, if that makes sense. Sure. Tell me about agreeing with his philosophy. Like, how do you see it? Why do you think Netflix is harming uh, the theater going experience or, or impacting it in a negative way? Well, I, I don't know that I th- I think it totally is right now. It's more, you know, the, the, the cautionary aspect of it, you know, talk about Black Mirror, right? Um, <laughs> if you <laughs> yeah. look to the future of what this looks like, you know, uh, where we've got one big Walmart superstore where we get all of our media um, and, and maybe I'm a bit of a fatalist in this regard, but then, then, you know, you, you lose your, you lose your choice to actually find and watch amazing stuff. The, and the, the, the actual theater experience, um, 
And I don't think, I mean, you probably know better than I do, but the actual theater-going experience, I don't know if they're in danger right now. I know the drive-ins are gone, which is, you know, <laughs> uh, which is kind of sad, just for the nostalgia's sake. But it's the same thing, like, that theater experience is, um, I, I don't want to lose that. Yeah, I don't, it, my guess is Netflix will actually buy a chain of movie theaters, and for your uh, subscription to Netflix, it will also include the ability to see movies in the theater. Yeah. That's my guess long term is what will happen here. Very similar to, you know, the the movie subscription programs like AMC's A-List or, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Movie Pass. may it rest in peace, uh, <laughs> even though it's not technically dead, it's dead to me. It's dead um, to me, <laughs> too. Um, so, so, but, so, yeah, finish that. Well, no, I just, so I, I, it's really strange for me to think that Netflix is, you know, because I, I get the theater going experience part. I, it's something that I think is valuable as well. I think community uh, engaging in art is uh, not only interesting, but fun. Yeah. And there's an element of that that I would miss. Also, I know people talk about how you're getting better and better experiences at home that can match theaters. Not really. Not no, yet. No. We're really not even close. I mean, unless you're super rich, um, you know, there's there's a difference even between a 70 inch screen and you know a hundred foot screen. You know, if you're going sure, to see yeah, an IMAX yeah. movie or whatever, that's it's still a, a, a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so, well, and when we're and we're talking about Roma specifically, um, as as beautiful as that movie was, can you imagine ha- getting to see that on the big screen? Like how well, what a spectacle that would be. I don't have to imagine. I I did have that chance. Um, well, so <laughs> so I I will tell you it was it was great, and I'm yeah. glad the, fir- I'm the I'm glad the first time I saw it was on a giant screen with the absolute top notch tuned in uh, audio system as well because yeah. the audio in that movie is mind blowing. Sure, yeah, that's that's the part. I mean. Yes, large visuals are great, and the beauty is expanded. And I've always said, I've always said there isn't a movie that isn't better watched larger. And I, I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Even though there are some, there are some movies that you wouldn't think. Well, of course you can watch that on a small screen. It doesn't mean much. Well, that's true. But I'm telling you, it's even better on a big screen. Like that's always been my my experience. Um, but man, the sound is what I wish people had heard with Roma in you know like a Dolby, you know, pure theater um, sure. because the there were just some some effects in the the environmental stuff that was i mean i there were a couple of times i thought people behind me in the theater were talking oh wow because because there were conversations <laughs> behind in the movie and it's just yeah it was it was absolutely stunning um and i don't want to lose that i'm totally with with you on that i don't think that netflix like the walmart aspect you're talking about doesn't scare me because honestly the uh, at least the consequences you were talking about of you know not being able to to find stuff. I think Netflix actually makes it easier for a more you know mass market approach to th- stuff like Roma or even I don't know, Paddleton that came out recently. Yeah, you know if if that is locked into a theater system, it's going to release maybe in a couple markets for you know a couple weeks to a month. And nobody's going to get to see it, but you know now we can just fire it up on Netflix and and not miss out on it. So I think there's actually some benefit there. So I'm I'm not scared necessarily for that part of it. That that does make sense. I get I guess in that sense I was thinking more you know when it gets past the theatrical release anyway. So I, even though it wasn't about the theatric theatrical aspect specifically, 
you know, the the overall encompassing beast of Netflix is kind of what I was talking about. The the ask, the thing where you get so big, then you don't have to answer to anybody, and you sure. can do whatever you want. You know, and they're kind um, of already there. I mean, you know, yeah, you, that, yeah. You've got you've got other platforms. You've got Amazon and Hulu and um well Hulu's not really doesn't do much with movies. Um so you've got other platforms but I yeah it's I mean Netflix is pretty dominant already. Yeah. I I do think that um having said all that, you know, I I I disagree with <laughs> I do disagree <laughs> with Spielberg on this specific issue. I think without knowing like I'm not inside his brain and I'm not a studier like he is, you know, but, um, but I'm, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that you can, I don't think that we ought to start hobbling streaming services from participating in institutions like that, you know? Um, yeah, completely. Uh, I, this, this is one of those situations where it's like, I really love your work, but maybe you should just kind of be quiet about this. Like this is, I just don't think this is a good look. I think it, it feels very much get off my lawn. It feels, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's, it's so like, I'm, I'm, I have such a hard time feeling what he's scared of. Like, it, I, I just, I don't know. It, it just seems protective of, of establishment and protective of the way it's always been. Yeah. And it just doesn't, it doesn't seem forward thinking at all. It doesn't seem, you know, you can, you can call out, new technologies and new avenues for the issues that they have. You know, every distribution issue has some issues, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you should say, well, this, this content isn't as valuable. We actually received a sift quest that I'll just kind of throw in here real quick to finish this off. Um, It said, do you think the quality importance merit or societal value of a film is impacted or dictated by the studio's distribution methods? And I think that's a clear question with a yes or no answer, which I believe is no. Um, I don't see how distribution method impacts um, art's um, essence of value. You understand? It can sure. impact art's ability to impact, you know, size and and you know, scope and that kind of things. But I yeah. don't think it can impact value. I don't. I don't think so either. Um, ultimately, I don't think so either. I, I think that ha, ha, the, the reverse happens. There's a possibility of it, right? If if it does get to the point where they 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 are not permitted to participate in awards things, then in in theory they could be like, well, why would we try and make anything uh, with integrity? <laughs> let's just <laughs> or, let's let's buy more more Adam Sandler movies <laughs> or, or whatever. Or why would we Why would we put movies in theaters in the first place? Then if you yeah. if you want it, you know, if you don't want us to be a part, cool. We'll just take our toys, go home, and yeah. you know, see you when you disintegrate. They they papered the theaters, and there was some criticism about that as well. But that's what um, indie films have been doing forever so that they could qualify for Oscars. Um, yeah. You know, but they don't have the money to, for a theatrical run or they don't have, you know, distribution and they, so they, you know, they get a, one of the qualified theaters and they paper it for as many days as they have to, to qualify, you know, and they never get Oscar, but they can at least be, you know, in the running, they get to play yeah. with the, the the big kids, so to speak. Yeah. They get some of the conversational benefits yeah. of, you know, being in the discussion um, well, they're they're already pushing again already for the Irishman for this next year, I think. So it'll be interesting to see, 
you know, when you put Scorsese and all those big names in one movie and it's a Netflix release, although the, the spot that they've released says, you know, in theaters and then on Netflix or and also on Netflix or whatever. So, you know, I think they're playing the game. You know, they seem to be playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think uh, I think Spielberg can probably just back off a little bit. You know, we'll be OK. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully that's, you know, that's not just the tip of the Spielberg. Hopefully there's a, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate that. All right, let's move on. Uh, we are going to review the movie Greta. I guess she's been planning bags around the city. I was hoping someone brings them back to her. And you did. Oh my God, it's her. Just let it ring. I saw the bags, Greta. And I never want to see you again. She's really freaking me out. This is not a problem. Public area, her rights are protected. Why are you doing this? How exciting. Francis finds a handbag on the New York City subway and promptly returns it to Greta, an eccentric French piano teacher who loves tea and classical music. Having recently lost her mother, young Francis strikes up a seemingly harmless friendship with the lonely and kindly widow who enjoys her company. Uh, The movie is Greta. It is a play, apparently, on Hansel and Gretel, uh, which I didn't even realize till after the fact, but kind of makes a little bit of sense. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little (laughs) bit. Uh, And let, let me know, Josh, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I did not like it technically. <laughs> I technically did not like it. But that's not to say that there are, aren't some things about it that I did enjoy or, you know. But well, generally across the board, I did not like it. I, so it sounds to me like a high side of didn't like it. Like, you know, almost burr branching into it's just okay. D plus um, or C minus, probably. Yeah, 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 exactly. High side of didn't like it sounds about right for you. I'm on the low side of it's okay. Um, So I'm just right above you, I think. I think I maybe like it just a tad more than you did, but I think the flaws in this are really harmful uh, to the movie overall. And what's interesting is I've been seeing a lot of people that that I like and that I read enjoy this movie. I think currently it's sitting around 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's certainly not a flop critically. Yeah. but I just I can't get on board with some of the stuff here. Let's talk about some of the good stuff uh, to start off with. What are some of the things you liked about Greta that you enjoyed about it? Um, I love the uh, the way it looked. I um, who is it? It was Seamus Seamus McGarvey is the DP, the cinematographer on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came on my radar a few uh, you know a, a few movies ago <laughs> and then i started looking him up and like oh crap this guy's been like involved in lots of really really solid stuff um but it was enough like i didn't know beforehand but it was, a, it, was it looked awesome enough that i was like i should look up who like actually was a cinematographer and who were the who was the um uh production designer on this because this is a really fun movie to look at um so i that was the that was my that was my favorite thing in the whole thing yeah, and uh, it's directed by Neil Jordan, who won an Academy Award for The Crying Game, yeah. um, and also did, I think, Interview with a Vampire. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a very different movie in, in a lot of ways, and then I guess in some ways it's kind of similar, um, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting to see, because, I mean, Crying Game was 
20 years ago? Yeah. If not more, maybe 25 years ago. And I and I think with him, like, that's still what people say. No, Jordan, who's that? Oh, he's the guy that did Crying Game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. because that movie sticks in people's <laughs> heads. Yes. For yes. so long. For, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it's interesting to see. I, it, there's part of me that's like, I love that he's still making movies. And then there's also part of me that's like, I don't, I don't know that that he's branched in a way that is, you know, helpful to make a movie like this work. I guess what I would say is one of my positives is I think this movie could have really worked. I think with a couple tweaks here and there, this could have been a really fun, interesting thriller. Yeah. And um, I'm going to be very careful tiptoeing around spoilers, and we will do a SIF spoil uh, on this. Um, but there is something that I consider a spoiler that I don't think the movie considers a spoiler. And I and I went back and watched the preview, and now I can say for sure that the movie doesn't consider it a spoiler because the the preview to this movie gives everything away. I mean, it's the entire uh, plot, and uh-huh. I think th- I think that is one of my problems with the movie. And I can talk more about this later when we get into cons. But one of my problems with the movie is I wish it treated itself with more respect for the surprises of its story. Um, and there's just so much about this movie that telegraphs everything in this movie yeah. that could have been a fun surprise. There are, sure. there are moments of musical cues and just overbearing music over scenes that don't even need it. Like there's, <laughs> yes. Um, but that I, is, that's like, that's like a good and a bad for me. I, I cause I think w- talking about the actual direction of it, like I mm-hmm. think he's, um, killing it as far as like uh, the si- the sinister melodrama, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, and and so with that music, it's so it's so great in these moments, but it's over the mon- the moments are so mundane. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> and that's and, and what I think it is in in maybe this is what it what it falls down to me. Um, uh, where it falls down for me is I I, th- I think it kind of tries to have it both ways. There is a sense where the way this story is told, it's told structurally in a way that wants to surprise you. The structure of this movie is to reveal a surprise, but the production of this movie throws that surprise away from the very beginning. And I mm. feel like there's a, there's a conflict. I love like if it were just overall melodrama and the story itself too was aware that we don't need this surprise held, you know, start with an intro scene that gives us the lays the foundation of what's going on instead yeah. of treating it like something that you're holding for a plot twist when you really don't care about that being a plot twist. <laughs> um, so, so I think I looked at that just the opposite, right? So okay. I think it's the same thing. I'm, uh, but my issue was that the script wasn't living up to the direction and the, that music and stuff yes. like that. Totally agree. I think I we're think saying the same a, thing, but we're yes. like from the the complete different angles of looking at it. Yes, exactly. Um, that is exactly what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying you pick a lane and <laughs> and the lane I would choose is the Hitchcock thriller lane and the lane you would choose is the melodrama, you know, over the top lane. And I think both could have been great movies, right? I just yeah. think the, the movie doesn't, uh, it, it plays in two different ways and you can't, those ways don't work together. You can't both reveal your surprise and then hold your surprise at the same time. Sure. Um, so yeah, that was that was one major kind of conflict I had with it. I thought Chloe Grace Moretz was great. That was one of my major uh, pros with it. I think she is. Um, so I just think she's so 
wonderfully subtle in what she does. Uh-huh. And um, I thought uh, Isabel Hubert uh, was great as well. Uh, she was definitely, here's the thing. She was in the overtop movie that you want. And Chloe Grace Moretz was in the thriller that I want. I think. Uh, I don't. Maybe, maybe in the like at the end she was sure. But, but I honestly, for the for the majority of the movie, I don't want to be nasty, but I didn't like I didn't get uh, Isabella. How say her last name? Hubert. <laughs> I think Hubert. 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 I I, I didn't I didn't even I wasn't even sure she knew she was in a movie. <laughs> I, and I don't mean. I mean, there was one. There was one scene specifically where I, where I was watching. Her, I was like, "Is she know the cameras are running right now? She doesn't even look like she's looking at the uh, Francis character. No. Like she's. I, I think she, she. And I don't know if these are choices or what, but it was distracting for me. I, I wasn't in it um, with her. I thought. I thought um, Chloe was was solid. I think it's hard for anybody to be. I thought the script was so like the dialogue was so gross and clunky. Yeah. I don't think any like I don't know any how anybody could do a good job in it, honestly. Yeah. You know, I don't so I don't fault anybody for <laughs> for for what I was missing uh, well, and, acting and may, wise. And maybe I'm that's part of what I'm taking into account with saying that I like Chloe so much is she's taking what again, and I totally agree, the the script in this is the weakest part and uh, and I thought she made it. I thought she made her character believable, and uh, you know there was empathy for for me there. Um, I I thought she did a lot with a little, uh, and that's probably what I'm kind of reacting to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'm thinking of. I think I, you're correct in saying I'm thinking of the uh, Isabel performance more towards the end of the movie. Um, that is more uh, over the top and campy and and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think I think it's a. A valid opinion. Anything else you want to mention in the pros or the cons? Um, I thought uh, um, uh, Steve, Stephen Ray was underused, <laughs> but I don't know. But there's no, there's nowhere, there's nothing else for him to do. You know, he he was really good in the very short moments that he had. I yeah. I I really thought that was, um, I thought that was some good stuff. On the other end of that, um. The Erica character, uh, Micah Monroe, maybe is her name. Um, Yeah. Her character, and again, we'll talk uh, more in in spoilers about a lot of this stuff, but her character plays a role in this that just seemed like it was from some other movie. Like, it just, like, every time she was on screen, including very important parts of the movie, I was like, did we just, did we just jump in to, to bring it on? Like I, like, well, that's exactly in the, in the review, I actually mentioned that it, it feels like somebody dared uh, Neil Jordan and uh, Ray Wright, who's the co-writer. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like somebody dared them to take a random Disney sitcom episode and turn it into a feature like thriller. <laughs> And it's mainly the conversations that those two girls have. Yes. It is it is the most old man writing with yes. disdain what they think young girls sound like. Yes. But it's so much it's like they had so much contempt for young girls as they were <laughs> writing. Oh, this is what you sound like. <laughs> oh, type, type, yes. type, 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 type. <laughs> yes. So Neil- again, I don't know if she was like the, the Erica. I I can't say if she was bad or not, because the script was just like what movie are you in? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh, Neil Jordan's Girl Meets World. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's very, very well said. Um, I Yeah, that, that was one of my main issues with the movie. And like I said, you know, it, we both obviously came down on the negative side of this. Um, there was enough of that promise there that brought me up a little higher than you, I think. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wish just some different choices made. And I'll, become, I'll get more specific in our sip spoil, but just a couple different choices could have been made in this to, you know, like we said, go one way or the other. Um, yeah. But in my case, uh, to emphasize the thriller aspect of this, I think could have been could have been very interesting. Um, but I, yeah, overall, it's it's not one I would necessarily recommend. I think I think there's an like to a degree. This was on purpose. The the what what is on what are you talking about being on purpose? I I think the I mean the 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 it not being a straight thriller. Like the the I think there's supposed to be a wink with this thing, but oh, I th- yeah, I think the wink just turned into a blink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think that's exactly right. No, I I I again, I think the the production in the direction are winking, but the structure in the script are trying to do something else. You sure. know, yeah. th- th- they they were trying to to write a, a thriller or whatever, but it doesn't match with you know, the overall feel of what is, what is given to us. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have a hard time recommending this. I mean, it's, it's one of those that if, you know, if you want an interesting experience, you might get that here, you know? Um, and so I, I, you know, don't blame anybody for checking out. And obviously we're kind of in the minority, Josh. So, sure. you know, there's, there are a lot of critics who think this is done very well. So maybe you'll, you'll enjoy it. Any final thoughts? <laughs> Um, no, I've got, you know, I've got in the actual written review, I've got some, some, some specific thoughts. It's still Mm -hmm. spoiler free, but, um, yeah, just random little things, but they can read the review. They can read the review for those. I would encourage you to check that out. (laughs) Sifpop.com. That review should be out by, uh, Monday, which I believe Monday is March 4th. So if you're listening on this March 4th or after it should be up at Sifpop.com, you can check out the review all right let's head on to the best ever challenge in honor of greta uh we have put together our best ever women's name movies these are movies with a woman's name in the title Uh, you can find the corresponding uh list at sifpop.com that represents our gurus and collaborators picks on um those choices so and josh had a few write-ups there i had a couple write-ups on that one as well so you'll probably see some crossover for sure yeah but these are our personal best evers in this category uh did you rank yours one to five i forgot to to mention how many and ranking and all that kind of stuff so were you able to do that um no i mean i mean yeah i mean yes i mean i, I do have them ranked i didn't actually number them and whatever but you know, I, I do have them ranked. I All right. I, so I, yeah, I look like I would put them in order. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We'll go number five to number one then. Um, I'll kick us off. Uh, my number five is Rebecca, um, which is the Alfred Hitchcock movie from 1940. 1940. Nice. 80 years ago, man. Um, this is, I think this movie holds up. And I think the reason it does is story based. Uh, I think this is one of Hitchcock's underrated masterpieces. Um, Many consider it his best movie. Uh, In many ways, it's his most uh, generally accessible movie. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it doesn't rely on 
the twists he became necessarily known for. It doesn't rely on necessarily the thriller aspect that he's known for. Um, there's romance, there's, uh, you know, great story. There's, it's very haunting, um, and very interesting. So, and it was his first American movie. Uh, the first one he made in the U S and the, and the only movie that he made that won best picture, um, in his entire career. And of course he didn't get that Oscar because it went to the production company at the time. Um, in fact, at the time the award, I believe was called best production, not best uh, picture. But, oh, wow. um, but yeah, so, uh, definitely one to seek out and I know it's scary to get, you know, before the 1980s, I know things get weird, you know, and <laughs> you wonder what's going on. Um, but there's lots of great movies back there, even back into, uh, to those, you know, old eras. So, um, I'd recommend to watch for Rebecca. Nice. What do you got at number five? Um, so I actually, my list only went to four, but I had some honorable mentions. So I'm going to throw one of my honorable mentions into number five. Um, but I don't have as many details on it as you do on that. <laughs> well, that's, I won't have as many details on the rest of mine either. I'm just a Hitchcock fan. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but, um, somebody actually, when we were posting about the, the list, um, somebody else, uh, one of the, one of the fans posted, uh, Victoria and I thought, what a great, like, I was jealous that that wasn't on my list. Um, mm. So I think I'll put that as my number five. Um, because it was just such a, that movie's such a blast. Um, it's a, I don't remember, it's, it was, it's fairly recent. Um, 2015. 2015. It was on Netflix at one point in time. That's when I watched it. I don't know if it still is. Um, but it's a, it's a one-shot movie, which in the past I feel like is, was an interesting gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of moved past it. And this one, I, I thought, was the first time that I watched a true one one take movie that w- and it actually had a romantic element to it that hmm. I, that I felt like they they were able to develop that relationship very real in a real time you know, less than like hour and a half movie, you know? Yeah. That's asking a lot too. You know, when you've got, I mean, it has to be obviously a love at first sight kind of thing. If you're playing a movie in yeah. real time and you want to develop a relationship. And that's, yeah. And that's, that's kind of what they do. They do. They have some interesting ways that they, it's not a montage, but they, uh, and they don't pass time, but they, you see the, the, the two characters, they're spending this time together in real time, but it almost feels like a montage in the sense of, you you know how the montage shows relationships progress in movies that have that luxury you know um but anyway it's it's really good performances are really good um it's also it's it, the romance isn't even the main aspect of it it's actually kind of a, a a thriller you know um kind of a bad decision goes wrong sort of story um yeah but it's um it was thoroughly compelling when i watched it i um, recommend it nice Nice. Uh, move on to my number four, which is what ended up being the number one on the Sif Pop. And I know one you, you love as well is Run, Lola, Run. Yeah. Um, that's in at my number four. If you have it higher, by the way, just let me know. You can trump it and we'll talk about it once we hit it on your list. I do. It's at number two on mine. All right. We'll wait and chat about it then. Uh, so what's your number four? Francis Ha. Yeah. I love this movie. <laughs> Tell me what you love about it. Well, I love uh, Bombback anyway. Um, he's one of my favorites, but when this movie came out, um, it, it feels, so it's a throwback to, um, French new wave, 
a bit, right? Mm-hmm. It's black and white, and the way they shoot it is, and the soundtrack is very reminiscent of that. But it also just feels really 90s to me. And 90s indie films, you know, when Noah Baumbach actually got started, they have a, a super special spot in my heart, you know? Uh, there was a lot of movies in that era that were about, like, the, you know, the growing up, like right out of college, what do we do with our lives? Or we're young, mm-hmm. you know? And so this kind of, um, it tackles this again, and he's kind of an expert in that. And then Greta Gerwig is in it as well, who is an awesome, fun, um, you know, got her start in indie mumblecore, but has grown to be like the, you know, indie queen. Um, Isn't Adam Driver in it too? He is. There's There's a few people that are kind of before they were huge, huge in it, but Adam Driver, um, he's great in it. It's, uh, it's just a, it's just a, a story about a, it's kind of a romance, but without any romance, it's a, lo- <laughs> it's a love story between, um, these, these two best friends, these girls and roommates and they, you know, and it's, it's kind of a breakup story and how to, how the one character grows up out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, you know, it's Greta Gerwig being as charming as she's ever been. And she uh, actually co-wrote the script with Noah Baumbach. So it's custom, it's like custom made for her right in her groove. Um, but, um, it's just thoroughly charming. It's a blast. I, I have to revisit this one. Um, this was 2013, which I believe was either my first or second year in the BFCA. And so it was my first or second year of doing uh, like screener cramming where I'm watching all these movies, uh, uh-huh. you know, over the course of a few days. And Francis Ha was one of them. And uh, I don't remember. I remember enjoying it. I remember thinking it was pleasant, but I don't remember thinking it was special. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's very possible because I was in that mode of, you know, got to get through, got to make an assessment, you know, that kind of thing that I just need to give it give it its own space and its own time. So I'll probably go back to that one, especially after hearing you talk so lovingly about it um, and revisit it because it's been what, six years uh, yeah, since it came while. out. Yeah. So, yeah, there's nice. a lov- there's a lovely Criterion release of that. That's got some fun spe- uh, uh, special features as well. Oh, nice. If, if you are very into cool. physical media people. <laughs> what what is this what is this physical media you speak of uh my number three is philomena uh a forgotten movie that was actually nominated for an academy award um this is one of my favorites to tell people if you haven't seen it which you probably haven't uh go find it and check it out i i think that steve coogan is having a sneaky amazing career um, yeah i agree he is in some real. I mean, he was in another great movie that's going to be forgotten probably this year with um uh, uh what was it um, Stan and Ollie? Stan, yeah, Stan and Ollie. Um, he's just doing great work. So he's in this. Judy Dench is in this as the uh, titular character Philomena. It deals with uh, the impact of events of her life and with him uh, kind of reporting on uh, you know a story and what she went through and discovering some things there are some really powerful scenes in this movie uh that are very meaningful thought provoking interesting um so i i found this movie beautiful fascinating great performances and just kind of one of those movies you're glad you watched uh so i it's like i said one that i always recommend people because most people haven't seen it so yeah right i haven't seen it and it's from the same year Francis Ha came out. So, you know, yeah. it's it's six years ago, 2013. And um, so, yeah, I would I would recommend you check out Philip. Yeah, I'll, definitely, really I'll great. definitely visit it. Um, all right. Let's move on to uh, your number three. Uh, 
Sons of Katie Elder. Yeah, this is the Western, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the problematic John Wayne, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, so it's not, you know, it's not a super shoot 'em up gunfighty western. Um, it really is more of a, a drama. Um, um, although the, I mean, they they add that stuff. Obviously, there is some, you know, there's always some fighting. Um, yeah. Well, this but, was back when what like what year was this? Because this was back when westerns were the I mean they were the superhero movies. Yeah. Of this that is era. 1965. Yeah. Um, either made or released in 65. Um, yeah, and it, and this one was like a special one because it, I mean it's got John Wayne, it's got Dean Martin, um, uh, who I can't remember everybody's names now, but it it was definitely packed with star power. Um, but it's, it's the concept it's, I mean, it's been done a lot since then, you know, the, you know, siblings gathering after the death of their parent, you know, and kind of dealing with that. But this, you know, in a Western setting was really, really sweet, but it's basically these, you know, these guys are kind of unpacking what their mom meant to everybody while they themselves kind of took, took her for granted, you know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, going out being cowboys and doing cowboy stuff, <laughs> but um, it, it's you know, and the earlier western westerns before this one were, I, I can't say that this is the first one that that kind of added this psychological layer, you know, but because um, I'm sure it's been done, it was done before that, but for, for, on a personal level, this one hit me. Um, I remember seeing it as a kid with my dad. Um, and you know, being bored by all the talking, but then liking when there was gunfights and stuff. And then, (laughs) yeah. So it's always been in our, you know, our, our vernacular in our house, Mm -hmm. um, as most John Wayne movies are. And so, um, yeah, it just, it just gives a little, a little more than it gives you more than you would expect out of an old Western. I'll say that. And that's kind of cool. And you were kind of seeing that start to happen with, you know, the superheroes movies, as I've seen, you yeah. know, said as the predominant, you know, you come to a place where it's like, okay, we're putting out a ton of this kind of movie. Let's do something interesting with it. Let's do something, you know, um, different yeah. with the kind of concept. So um, it, I've never seen it. I've never seen this movie. So it's one I've got to get on my, uh, my stack to see. So um, I appreciate the recommend. Yeah, right on. Uh, all right, moving on to my number two, which is 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, great pick. Um, Mark Webb uh, directed this, who has directed uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies, hmm. and also a movie that I also really love called Gifted, that's more recent. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does good work, in my opinion. Um, this is really, though, this this is uh, a movie about the reality of i'm gonna say puppy love the reality of you know the the spark stages of a relationship and what that means and what that looks like um the performances in it are absolutely captivating joseph gordon levitt and uh, zoe deschanel are great together in this you speak of chloe grace moretz in greta she's also in this Mm -hmm. uh, albeit 10 years younger um, so yeah, a decade ago, this came out. This I can't believe it's like been it. that long. Yeah. It's, it's heading, uh, July will be its 10th anniversary of its release. So, uh, so yeah, high recommend for me. It's just kind of one of those feel good, 
amazing movies about relationships. And one of the first to really get real about that um, in a way that I don't want to spoil necessarily in case you haven't seen it. But sure. uh, it is it is wonderful. So the, you like it, too? I, yeah, I love it. I um, I mean, what sticks out is the, the non-traditional sort of mode of storytelling on that, too, which is, mm-hmm. you know, its own star in the movie as well. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I fell in love with that movie. That's a great pick. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like that one. And we know you're number two. Now we can talk about it. Uh, talk about run, Lola, run, run, Lola. Stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of non-traditional modes of storytelling or micro ordinary, I don't know how you'd put that. Um, this is a weird movie, man, but weird in such a good way. It really was. Well, it blew my mind when this yeah. thing came out. 1998. It came out, um, 90s indie film, I'll tell you. Um, but it's, I mean, it's 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 basically the title. <laughs> <laughs> she runs for 75% of this movie, would you say? Like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. her running. It is. It's, it's, Trump, it's Tom Cruise's <laughs> dream movie. <laughs> it is, but it's so compelling. Uh, ba- basically... Can we get into? Can we spoil like structure of it or a little? I mean, what yeah, we, go what ahead. Can we go do ahead. with it. It's old movie, I mean, right? Yeah, it's it's an older movie, and of course, we want you to have the best experience you can with it if you haven't seen it. So, you know, feel free to jump ahead a little bit if you want to. But, um, but no, I think it's valuable in this movie just because with a movie like this, sometimes you need that extra hook to yeah. attract people to actually see it. And I think it's worth talking about some of that stuff. So, go ahead. Um, so basically she, she has to run a- across town by a certain time to stop her boyfriend from a, a, a major disaster. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that a fair way to say that? Sure. Absolutely. Um, and she doesn't make it in time. <laughs> so, uh, inexplicably in a German narrative, she is able to try again. <laughs> she gets, a yes. do- she basically gets a do over. It's Groundhog uh, Day. <laughs> and uh, so the movie is a sequence of do-overs, but it's also um with each with each do-over, the 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 things that she changes to try and get there in time affect other people around her. So you see those ripples of the 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 reality kind of spreading. Mm-hmm. Um and so you get this uh, this this glimpse into how it's affecting everybody, not just her and this guy she's trying to save. Um but it's just so much fun. That's the thing. It's a hundred miles an hour. The music is loud and techno. There's parts of it that are cartoon sequences. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's parts that are shot on a camcorder. Um, it is just any means necessary. Let's make a fun movie. I you know I genuinely don't understand how Tom Cruise hasn't remade this uh, <laughs> as, as the title character. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, he can even put on a red wig if he wants and still be Lola. I don't care. It's just <laughs> yeah. watching Tom Cruise run uh, like this. Yeah, it is. It's a fascinating movie. I, it was one of those I saw. Um, well, we would have been together at college right before this came out, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, it came out, I think, the year after I graduated. So, you know, a couple of years after you graduated, probably. But, um, but it was one I remember thinking, oh, I, w- I want to watch this with the guys. You know, like it's just it's <laughs> yeah. so interesting and fun and crazy. And it's one of those you have in your back pocket where it's like, have you heard of this? Because <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Um, so high recommend. High check it out. Um, it is absolutely a wonderful, fun movie. Uh, that brings us to our number ones. Number um, one. My number one is Mary Poppins. 
Yeah. Uh, I I I know Dick Van Dyke's accent is awful. Um, <laughs> maybe the most awful thing ever to be put on screen. Uh, but I can't help the charm of this movie from just like owning me. And yeah. I know some of that has to do with nostalgia. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with nostalgia growing up watching this, uh, and enjoying it. But I think a lot of it has to do with the intense charm of a brand new Julie Andrews, yeah. uh, who nobody had heard of when she made this movie and just owns it, uh, musically, visually, uh, it is just so wonderful and fun and inventive and imaginative, which is also what my child brain really loved. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and of course the songs, I mean, they're about as earwormy as it gets, but it's that earworm <laughs> that you're like, go ahead and stay in my brain, Mr. Earworm. It's fine. I, I enjoy you being there. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's all those things to me. I love Mary Poppins. It, uh, Mary Poppins is probably the universe's number one too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, if there, if you're like, what's so what's the matriarch of movies with female name in the title? It's probably right. Mary Poppins. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I would totally agree with all that. Um, however, I would, I would, um, personal with my number one as well. I think the whole list is personal. If you think, yeah, about it. I mean, of course, obviously, of course. Um, but I went with Amelie, um, mm-hmm. and this was, a, so this was a movie that I did not watch in 2001. It came out. I did not watch it in 2001. It wasn't until, um, I'm trying, I don't even remember. It was, it was several years later. I had seen, um, uh, city of lost children when it first came out and loved that, uh, which is also, uh, Genet, Jean-Pierre Genet. Um, and then kind of just, he went off my radar and that one was in, ni- in the nineties, I believe. So, when I found Amelie, it just reignited this this love of Junet, and so I went on a you know a quest to find every Junet film. And generally speaking, with the exception of maybe one, they've all they've been they've just been wins for me. So this movie has sparked a whole love of mm-hmm. a whole a whole director. But the movie itself, um, again, talk about things that just kind of blow your mind. Like the the way he put this thing together. Um, I think it won best best foreign film or best picture when it came out, right? Do you know? I don't remember. It won. It, it got something. Somebody loved it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, lots of people love it. I know it's like a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, um, and it put um, Audrey Tattoo. I think is how you say her name. Um, I would say Tattoo, but Tattoo. I, but maybe that's just the plane to plane. Yeah, you are a big fan of Fantasy Island. <laughs> um, she is talking about charming and lovely. She is perfection. Um, in that movie, but I mean, there's a lot of ambience around it that, that just paints a big picture of the world. But when you when you kind of pull everything away from it, the movie is really just about her do trying to help people around her, like mm-hmm. going on a quest to make other people's lives better. <laughs> um, and in the process, you know, finds love, but that's not what she set out to do, you know. Um, I just think it's it's really relevant these days. I'm, I'm always I'm I'm revisiting and always looking for more movies that make me feel good about mm-hmm. you know people doing the nice things and the right things. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know if it's my age or the era we live in or what's going on, but um, anything that kind of put my cynicism in check, I I gravitate towards. Um, and this is definitely one of those movies. It is it is a feel good uh, feel good film. It's a and it looks beautiful. Um, anyway, 
Yeah, it's yeah. and it's so charming. It's just one. Of, it's just such a charming movie. I one of the things I remember about this movie is a couple years ago. Um, there there are this will happen actually occasionally. Things from this movie will get passed around as reality in like a viral way. So like there's a scene with clouds in this movie that I remember showing up in my um, you know my social media feeds is can you believe how much this cloud looks like you know such and such <laughs> it's like that's from the movie Amelie man <laughs> it's a real <laughs> life thing <laughs> so that's that's one thing I remember about this um, but it, yeah it is it's just one of those those movies uh, as far as awards go uh, it didn't win any Academy Awards uh, won okay. some BAFTAs um, okay. so the British version for best uh, best original screenplay and best production design, um, and then several awards from you know different. Um, it won well. It won the Critics' Choice Award for best foreign film. Okay, so there was you it, go. Was it nominated uh, for the Academy Award? Uh, we, well, there, did, how much research do you want me to do, Josh? No, that's right. Um, <laughs> it was nominated for best animated short. Let me just go there. <laughs> that's right. Everything is. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, so there you go. There are our uh, top five. Uh, let's throw out some honorable mentions. I have to throw out when Harry met Sally. Yeah. Um, uh, if if nothing else for the soundtrack, which I've listened to probably a million times, no joke. I've uh, definitely listened to the soundtrack more than I've watched the movie. And absolutely. I, and I've watched the movie a bit because I am married. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's just it's it is it's just one of those romantic comedies. Uh, I want to throw out the Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I think is underrated. I don't like horror movies, but this there's a reality to this based on a true story um, that I find fascinating, and I thought it was really well done. Is that Scott Derrickson? Did he direct that? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah. How can we not mention A Fish Called Wanda? One, one of my one. favorite comedies. Um, Cleese is great in that. So many people are great in that, actually. You know what? I honestly thought about putting that on my list, and uh, and I thought... No, I take that back. Never mind. I thought about it for the, our uh, future list. Okay. But and, it, I don't think it'll land. <laughs> and then uh, my final honorable mention is Moana. Um, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, great pick. Which is a great film and so much fun. It makes me, it's the film that makes me excited. Uh, and one of the reasons I get excited to see what Lin Manuel Miranda is going to do with his Disney movie um, because I love his impact and influence on the music in Moana. And uh, man, I just think that that guy's so smart and makes such interesting, fun music. So, um, nice. so yeah, so those are my honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions you wanted to throw out? Um, April and the Extraordinary World. Oh, what's um, this? This is it's actually on Netflix, I believe, but it's a it's an animated. Um, I think it's French. I'm not sure. Um, it's kind of a cool little steampunky um, cartoon. Um, okay, but it's um, it's not it's a cartoon, but it's not for little little kids. But it's I think it's PG. Um, I think. So it's, you know, it's so it's for a little bit older kids and up, um, but really charming. Animation is really beautiful on that. It's um, it's tr- more traditional animation. Cool. Um, so that's one. And and um, and honestly, I'd put uh, Fish Called Wanda on my list as well. Mm-hmm. That movie is too. It's just too good not to mention. The only other one I thought of was that your honorable mention list then? Yeah, that's it. Okay. The only other one I thought of that I almost threw on here because it's worth putting in people's brains in case they want to seek it out and find it is uh, Ingrid Goes West. And I don't know if you oh, yeah. uh, saw that, but it's, I don't know, it's it's an interesting little film and one I'm always curious to hear what people thought about. Uh, so Ingrid yeah. Goes West is another one. I like that. I thought it was really, um, really 
kind of poignant. There's a there's a few movies that kind of tackle that same sort of um, theme these days. Mm-hmm. You know, the what's it uh, getting people to like me and what's it like to be famous and how do I right. get that sort of stuff? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I Affir- like that. affirmation I, culture. Yeah. yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Well, there you go. Those are our best ever movies with women's names uh, in the title. We didn't mention everything that is listed on the official Sif Pop list uh, done by our gurus and contributors. So if you want to go to SifPop.com, you can check that out. Uh, and if we, if you have ones that we miss that you love or whatever, let us know. Uh, just hit us up, feedback at SifPop.com. You can also send us on a Sift quest there as well. That's feedback at SifPop.com. Or hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer or at sift pop before we head on to our buried treasure uh i did want to mention a big thank you to our members who are making this expansion in 2019 possible honestly we could not do it without you um your dollar dollar bills uh help uh defray the cost of movies for uh people that are seeing him here uh, for the podcast it helps you know put the content out there Uh, It helps to allow us to actually start creating a system where we can have a website. So thank you for doing that. Supports the YouTube channel as well. Everything that goes on at Sif Pop happens because the members are like, yeah, we like this place. We like the community. Let's make it happen. So if you've been thinking about three bucks a month and what that might look like, just go to patreon.com slash Sif Pop to see all the perks. Uh, We have a fun time. So um, thank you again for doing that. Patrons get those perks. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Yes, you're, you're, you're doing your role well. There were a lot of times in there where you could have said that, but you held it t- towards the end. It was very yeah. nice. It was like the, uh, the in memoriam at the Oscars. <laughs> I, was sh- I was shaking over here, uh, getting ready to explode. Um, we didn't really chat much about the Oscars in this episode. Um, it is the episode following the Oscars. So maybe before we get into the buried treasure, let's just have a little discussion about how we felt the Oscars went. Can we do that? Sure. I thought, um, th- I thought they were great. Because <laughs> you didn't watch them. I didn't. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it, I, here's the one, here's the main thing I'm going to say, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this with the Oscars, but the main thing I'm going to say is, uh, I guess the closest I ever get to a hot take is when I disagree with most people. Uh, and m- the way I'm disagreeing with most people is I missed the host. And a mm. lot of people love the fact that there wasn't a host and that it was streamlined. And there's just something in my brain that's like, yeah, I think you liked it this year because it was different. But I think you're going to get bored. Mm-hmm. I think over you know several years, you're going to miss the energy that comes with the you know like a cohesive personality that is you know doing some fun weird stuff. And sure, a lot of it falls flat. But that's the price you pay for the genius stuff that you love. You know what I mean? Like you got to sure. take swings. And the Oscars this year didn't take any swings. It was all just bo- it was all just right down the middle. And you know, I I don't know. Sometimes I'd like to see home runs and strikeouts instead of you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I, so, I I will say that back when I stopped caring about them, I would still watch them. The, depending on the host, the host would still draw me in because I would want right. to see what you know what Steve Martin was doing, or you know, see you know what I mean. Um, that so that aspect of it does have a lot of charm. I don't know if that's if, if that's us being old, <laughs> or, <laughs> or if so. it really is. You know, but even without it, it ran what three over three and a half still, right? No, it was three about three twenty, a little less than okay. three twenty. All right. All right. Um, so yeah, I, it was one of those things where I I get that people like, you know, it to, 
be streamlined and that's fine. But what if we didn't call it a host? What if we called it an MC or something else? And we, we let them do, we let them do something creative at the opening, one thing in the middle and then a close, you know, just kind of a closing, you know, thanks for coming kind of thing. You know, what if we kind of limited their moments to just kind of that little burst of energy when we need it? And I don't know. I just I know I'm going to miss having that kind of fun, interesting stuff going on. The The Queen performance was I was just there. I mean, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't anything special. Um, and. Do you think that this is the so is this the new model? Have they have they said that officially? Oh, no. Like, or you just are are concerned that they might be like, yeah, that's what we're doing from now on. Well, it, you know, it seemed to work for them. Gotcha. Um, ratings were up. I think ratings were up because people were curious if it was going to be a train wreck. Um, and also, hello, you nominated Black Panther, and you know, it made six hundred trillion billion gazillion dollars or whatever at the box office like a lot of people like that movie so you know that's going to have an impact on ratings as well but um but i don't know i i don't think yeah my fear is they'll be like well that went well let's just never have anybody host it again Mm -hmm. and i just i know i will miss that um but i'll be okay if everybody else loves it that's cool i don't the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few (laughs) um i've I've watched star trek i know how it is yeah uh very very spock Other than that, there were some moments. Uh, I thought the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga uh, duet in the way it was produced was absolutely stunning. Um, it was it was one of those moments that kind of transcended the show itself. It was like uh, they didn't even introduce them because, like, do we really need to introduce Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper? Like, I think sure. people know. Uh, and so, just out of nowhere, like the camera pans down and they get out of their seats in the audience and come up to you know, sing and play. And then the way the, the camera was behind them. So you saw the audience as they're performing. Like it was just, it was very in, in scope of the, you know, the movie that they were in. It was also fascinating because Bradley Cooper was singing as Bradley Cooper, not Jackson Maine from a star is born. And you could really tell the difference. Oh, interesting. And what, what's fascinating to me about that is I think it puts another level of amazingness on that performance where you go, oh yeah, he was acting, <laughs> you know. Whereas, <laughs> sure. whereas Lady Gaga, she was exactly the same as Allie, you know, from the movie. And it's like, oh, because she was just kind of being herself, which is fine. It doesn't make the performance bad. It's just a different dynamic, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I found that fascinating. I saw and- some um, some people talking about just online stuff about some of the looks that they were giving each other and you know like oh, was yeah. there was there real like real the real chemistry versus the right. performance chemistry right <laughs> yeah i don't care <laughs> <laughs> no i i'm always i'm always kind of one of those people that's like i you know what i don't know i'm i'm not i'm not here for the who's dating who who's you know sleeping with who kind of stuff that that seems to dominate pop culture a lot of times but um i do know that that david spade uh tweeted something uh profane uh about their relationship and then bradley cooper's ex-wife responded uh with just the letters ha Ah. (laughs) so whatever that means um any anyhow uh so there were other moments that i enjoyed most of them came down to speeches i thought olivia coleman's speech was great her surprise win was great it's who Mm -hmm. i think should have won there was this glenn close train going that i didn't understand for the performance in the wife i just assumed it was what the academy awards do when they honor somebody who should have an academy award already but they don't yeah um but to see olivia coleman win was great because she's great in the favorite uh in her speech was just so fun and fascinating and interesting 
Um, and then, of course, the end of the night when Green Book won instead of Roma, uh, you know, that was painful. A big painful surprise. <laughs> yeah. It was a very surprising Oscars. Um, you know, usually our winner in the Oscar pool, and we'll get to who won this year uh, here in a second. But usually that that number is closer to around 20 out of 24. You know, 20, 21 out of 24. Last year, Andrew won it with 22 out of 24. He only missed two awards. Wow. Last year. Um, this year, our winner had 17 out of 24. Like, there were a lot oh, of wow. surprises. Um, and the highest guru number was 14 out of 24. And there were, I think, four or five gurus that had 14 out of 24. So um, it was a very surprising award. Yeah. Um, I I really was upset when Green Book won. I don't. I don't hate that movie, quote unquote. I just I in a year when there have been so many other movies that handled race in such a better way than that movie um, that just sits right on the surface and it tells, you know, complete falsitudes about the characters. It's, uh, you know, you know, saying it's representing. Uh, there are just other ways to go, and uh, sure. that's that's kind of my main thing and the main disappointment. I would have been just as disappointed if Bohemian Rhapsody won, which is a movie I do not understand the love for, especially on a movie making level. Um, but any any other movie, I would have been I'd have been great if Black Panther had beat Roma. That would have been amazing. Yeah, like that yeah. would have been wonderful if Black Klansman had won. I would have loved that uh, to see Spike Lee win a Best Picture. Um, to see him win his first Oscar was really cool for yeah. screenwriting, you know, and jump into into the arms of Samuel L. Jackson as <laughs> as we all want to. Uh, it was it was you know stuff like that is what I love, and so the Green Book win that'll just go down in in. The litany of bad choices that the Academy has made for <laughs> for Best Picture. So, you know, that doesn't bother me too much. And it doesn't take anything away from how much Roma meant to me. So at the end of the yeah. day, I just, you know, work through those emotions pretty quickly and kind of move on um, as far as kind of the actual awards go. The only other thing I would say uh, is I re- I think this is the most important and biggest thing the Academy could do to take the Oscars to the next level. I have several suggestions. I always will. You know my number. Give me a call. I will make your show amazing. I promise. But here is the main one. Release the vote totals. It's simple. It's easy. You don't have to call people out for their actual votes. You don't have to put names with the votes. Mm -hmm. But release the totals. The amount of interest and conversation and... That will be gained from just having that information is mind blowing. Um, And I I don't understand what they have to lose. I don't understand what they have to lose by saying, are are they afraid that when it shows up that Vice only had a thousand first place votes out of 8,000 or whatever that... You know, the people who made Vice are going to feel bad? No, they got nominated for the best picture. Like, I don't... I'm just... (laughs) I here's what I th- here's how I think you play that by the way and I think this is this is a genius way to do the awards I think you announce from number 8 to number 1 through the um through the uh broadcast Oh wow So you know early in in the broadcast and the number 8 best picture this year is Vice and then you celebrate it you're like you know the, they have a even a little speech or whatever but I'm not one who uh who cares if it it goes for like it can go as long as it wants I just want it to start earlier um <laughs> So you can go to bed? 
Yeah, exactly. I want to go. I want to go to bed by ten. So start it like at five and do a five-hour show. You know what do I care? I mean, I'll, I'll watch it right after my dinner. <laughs> but can you imagine? You know, if you're getting up and now there's three left, and it's like who's going to win? And and it would also the other thing it would help if they release the totals. It would help people understand how preferential balloting works because a lot of people are very confused about that. Mm-hmm. And um, and to actually see how, let's say, for instance, let's say Green Book in, you know, in the very first ballot only received 3,500 first place votes out of 8,000. Well, then it's not, it doesn't win yet. So what happens is whoever's last, all those first place votes that were for Vice or whatever, they go to their second vote because everybody ranks all of them in order. Mm-hmm. And they put those second votes in the category with all the other seven movies. So then the, the totals change. And then it just keeps doing that. You keep eliminating the bottom until somebody has over 50% of the vote. And it's it's a great way to vote. It's my favorite. I think we should do presidential elections with preferential ballot. Um, mm-hmm. But it's because it's really smart. And it allows people to vote for what they want to win without being worried about splitting votes and taking because then you can put the thing you second want to win second and you know if your first one doesn't well you can do your second yeah um so it makes a lot of sense but i don't think a lot of people understand it so uh it would be fascinating to see so that's my main thing like my main recommendation for when they call and they're like you've got 30 seconds go (laughs) um i'll be like release the totals man there's no reason not to so but i think overall it was it was not my favorite academy awards um presentation uh, I thought it was a little dull in many ways, but it had some really good moments. You still had those a couple of spectacular moments for you. Yeah, and I love movies so much that I'm just always going to watch. I'm just always excited to see, you know, people from movies, people talk about movies. Uh, another thing I missed this year are the montages. They only did one right at the beginning. I'm actually a fan of the montages. I like when they'll do. And here are all the movies throughout the history of movies that had rain in them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I, do, like, I, I love like that. that stuff. I did man. like that. I always liked. Um, the that stuff the, the stuff that surrounded it it's just the actual awarding that uh, that just got my go early on and i just had to bail out on them but like i loved hosting and i loved the montages and i loved the silly things and i loved the uh, pr- musical performances most of the time you know yeah. i, I like the sp- the spectacle of it i just wish it wasn't an award show <laughs> i'd watch the <laughs> i'd watch the spectacle of it uh, i heard that there were great commercials in it too well, I I will say I liked the um the Google commercials. I thought those were fun. Um, you know, where they uh people in movies were asking Google oh, nice. about yeah. stuff yeah. and you know, so for instance in Scream Drew Barrymore, um, you know, she looks at her Google Home Hub and it's got a picture of who's at the door and so it saves her that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I thought that was that's that's always I love when you combine like movie footage from old movies into modern concepts. I think that's yeah. that's kind of fun. That's fun stuff. So, any other questions that you had about the Oscars since you didn't watch them? Um, yeah. Um, no, I guess I don't. <laughs> I guess my question was going to be, so, you, if you were, you know, it didn't sound like you have much to try and convince me to watch the Oscars, so I, I'm going <laughs> to... No, my convince to you, my con, here's my here's my pitch to you to watch the Oscars. My pitch to you is to watch with community, whether that's online or at a party or something like that, because there's something about like, for instance, I don't care about the Super Bowl. I don't care about football at all. Um, But the Super Bowl like uh, community kind of thing is just something I participate in because, you know, it's fun to chat with friends who are watching the same thing you are, even if it's not something that you necessarily uh, get involved in. And with 
the Oscars, it at least has the foundation of something I love. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so to do it in community, I think, is a really fun thing. It's why we do the uh, the Sif Pop Oscar party. And uh, and thank you for setting me up for that beautiful what segue. A beautiful segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we did the Sif Pop Oscar party again this year. Congratulations to everybody who participated. Uh, did you participate, Josh? Did you make some guesses? I did. I think I came in last. I don't believe you came in last. Come on, there's no way you came in last. I don't. I, I don't actually remember. I, it was. It was on the bottom. Uh, well, side there of the was. Scale. There was. There was one. There was one guru who scored worse than you. So you. You were not. <laughs> <laughs> you were not at the bottom of the gurus. Uh, the uh, you know the twelve or so that participated. You got seven out of twenty four. So. <laughs> All right. You're doing fine. All You're right. doing fine. I I do. Every time it comes around, I, it does make me. Um, more aware of you know international stuff and shorts and things like that that I normally you know I try to keep my eye out for that stuff and I, it, it usually takes me the year after the Oscars to catch up on a lot of it um, in those capa- uh, c- categories specifically you know well I'm I'm gonna have to do something here that I that I really regret uh, no you were the worst guru I apologize <laughs> I didn't have him quite sorted that, uh, made, that checks out. And in fact, there were only uh, four, five, uh, yeah, five, five people out of 168 that scored worse than you. So, all right. So it was a rough year, Josh. It was it I was a rough that, year no, all I, around. I think that was my best year. <laughs> I think. Uh, I, I, what happens is I usually vote if I don't if I know what it is, I vote for what I want to win, not oh, not what I, I think will win. Um, I see. I, I can't separate my heart from my brain when it comes to movies, man. All right, I'm going to go ahead and announce the overall winner first, and then we'll talk about the gurus and what happened there because it's really fascinating. Um, but strangely enough, even with, you know, when you've only got 24 choices, you just assume there's going to be a tiebreaker needed because, you know, that people kind of uh, know what's going on. But in this case, no tiebreaker needed. Uh, it was a sole winner, and that winner for this year's Sif Pop Oscar party is Sean Newton. Congratulations, Woo! Sean. Woo! Uh, Sean had a wonderful ballot considering the year. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, his ballot actually got 18 out of t- uh, 24 right this year. Um, so congratulations on that. Wow. And there were two people below him with 17 and then a few people with 16, but he was the only one who managed 18. Where did you uh, la- Where did you land? Um, I ended up with 14 as one of those tied uh, with the lead. And uh, we'll talk about who uh, who won the guru thing here in a second, because it's really interesting with the, what happened with the tie break oh, gotcha. uh, in that. So, But, Sean, uh, your prize is you get to say anything you want on Sif Pop. So, Sean sent me this. Um, he said, thanks in honor of 12 former Best Picture winners with varying degrees of artistry. Here is my message. Thanks, Aaron, for giving me the spotlight. It was a rocky start, and I thought for sure I would crash. But I managed to pull off this titanic achievement. After the sting of last year's Sif Pop wow. Oscar party results, things are once again going my way. Oh. I'm glad that your audience can bear witness to the return of the king. Oh of course, I would forever be unforgiven if I neglected to thank you and Andrew for all the work you put into Sif Pop, the greatest show on earth. You are no ordinary people. You are truly an artist with a beautiful mind. Sincerely, Sean. Sean Bravo. Is he trying to get you to marry him? (laughs) 
That is so up. That is the most up your alley thing I have ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, I, I like. I cried tears of joy the first time I read that. Uh, Sean knows he knows his Aaron. That's right, he does. Uh, I got to tell you though, he mentions the return of the king because Sean actually won the Sif Pop Oscar party in 2017. So this is his second win uh, of this event. And it's so strange because we also had a repeat winner for the Summer Sum game. So, you know, we've got these uh, these experts that are doing great work, and Sean is one of them. So, you know, if you want to know where to go for your Oscar picks, maybe uh, go to Sean. Um, so <laughs> so his, there you go. Give me his phone number. I'm, I, I clearly need his help. <laughs> Um, so congratulations again, Sean, uh, on your picks. Uh, you are the winner. Now talking about the guru contest, there were one, two, three, four, five gurus that got 14 out of 24. Correct. Gotcha. So after that happens, the tie break is length of broadcast. So basically everybody picks in hours, minutes, Uh and seconds how long the broadcast is. So the broadcast this year was, uh, according to my math, and I haven't seen the official, and if somebody has like, you know, the official betting markets, whatever they go by, but all I did was by the very beginning of the ceremony to when the credits were done rolling on my broadcast um, is what I did for this. So according to my broadcast, with that in mind, the show went three hours, 23 minutes in four seconds. Three hours, 23 minutes in four seconds. Okay. Not bad. Uh, John Paula, one of our gurus uh, that tied with 14, said four hours in 20 minutes. So he was about an hour off. Okay. Uh, John Negroni, another one of our gurus, said three hours, 50 minutes in two seconds. So about half an hour off. Uh, Chris from CinemaSins said three hours, 45 minutes in 17 seconds. So about 22 minutes off. Mm-hmm. My wonderful co-host, Andrew, said 327.31, meaning four minutes wow. and 27 seconds off. And <laughs> I said three hours, 23 minutes and 14 seconds. 10 seconds off of the wow. actual time. <laughs> What this means is that I won the guru part of the contest, but if the broadcast had gone just another two minutes in 19 seconds, Andrew would have won. Wow. That's insane. That is insane. (laughs) Two minutes and 19 seconds longer. Just one speech. Just one speech (laughs) taking another couple minutes. If you'd had a host... (laughs) <laughs> that's right. Maybe I'm glad we don't have the host. Yeah, yeah that's maybe. Maybe I'll shift wow. that up. Wow! So, but so you said fun- it was a tie for 14. So Correct. clearly, this year it was. You know, you guys were all better judges of time than of the award picks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, just barely get over half of the awards correct. It was one of those years. Uh, well, congratulations to everybody who participated. We'll do it again next year. The next contest, of course, will be for this summer. We'll do the Summer Sun game again. So I'm looking forward to that. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, well, I think uh, I think it's finally time for our buried treasure, Josh. Yeah. What do you got? What do you want people to know about in any area of pop culture? 
Um, something that I have talked to you about um, already, personally, but there's a movie. It's on Hulu right now. If you have not seen it, it is crazy. It's called Dave Made a Maze. Yeah. Um, and I, the thing is, I think plenty of people have heard about this. They've got they've got a um, uh, a distribution through Arrow Video, um, which is a pretty cool like um, sort of a, a cult. Uh, distribution company, you know, um, a cult. I don't know if that's the best word to use, but it's 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 definitely for for niche movies or niche movies, mm-hmm. however you want to say. Yeah. It. Um, but the, basically, the movie is about a guy who's an artist. His name's Dave, and he builds a um, a cardboard box maze in his living room, and um, he's inside of it working on it, and he gets lost, and his friends have to go in and find. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds mo- like an episode of Community. It is. Je- it kind. That's kind of what I thought going into it was that episode. Um, but it is worlds and worlds of fantasy. Fantasy worlds all built and made of cardboard and paper products within it. Um, the concept alone is a plus 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 for me. Um, and the um production design on it is a plus plus plus. The things that they do with cardboard is so much fun. Um, the performances are about on scale with most indie films that aren't famous, right? You know, that aren't big multi million dollar indie films, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're not, it's not distracting, but it's, you know, um, it, it may fall a little flat for a character here or there. And, you know, kind of the execution of the script. Is is you know maybe more of a B, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the but overall with those those A plus plus pluses, I can't. It's just so much fun. I, I can't even it, to make you to make you again talking about we talked about earlier movies that were um, you know kind of out of the box structurally. This one's yeah. in the box structurally, literally. <laughs> um, nice and but structurally, it's very in the box. But the the way that they they use that box um, and decorate that box is spectacular. Um, it's directed by Bill Watterson, which I had to confirm is not the same Bill Watterson that does Calvin and Hobbes. No, it's um, not. I did the same thing. <laughs> because it sounds like something that he would, like his brain would, you know, think uh, yeah. up as far as like a cardboard maze, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and the imagination. And what, yeah. Imagination yeah. of the little kid. This, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought too. But no, it is. A, it is in fact a different Bill Watterson. Um, well, that's a great, great recommend. I will have. To, it is on Hulu, so it's yeah, easy it's access on Hulu. if you've got Hulu. Yeah, All or right, if you off. like physical media, Arrow's got a um, a cool copy of it. You can get. You keep mentioning this physical media thing. Yeah. I I don't know if that's just something near you uh, <laughs> that you know they just have around you. I've never quite heard of it. Um, I am going to go with my buried treasure. Finally, going to talk about Escape at Danamora. Um, I think Bill, uh, Bill, I think Ben Stiller is uh, an absolute genius director, and I think he proves it in this TV show. Seven episodes about a true life story of a prison attempted prison escape uh, at this prison, and it is so well done. Uh, the character work is absolutely phenomenal, and the structure is so beautifully presented. There are moments. There's a uh, one shot that he starts an episode off with. Uh, I think it's episode five or six. That is 
kind of mind blowing. You know, you just watch it and you go, I don't understand how this is happening. Sure. Um, and, you know, the way he chooses also to do something with the uh, penultimate episode, the second to the last episode, that is um, really smart. And if it didn't spoil a lot of the journey of this TV show, I, I want to talk about it so bad. But it's just such a smart uh, way to preserve what he's trying to do with this escape movie, uh, combining at the same time the uh, the thing where you want to root for the escape, you know, because it's a plan and you're watching people put together a plan uh -huh. and there's just something in human nature where it's like, I want the plan to work, you know? Sure. And he makes a choice with the second to last episode to come to um, uh, counteract that with the fact that you don't want these people to escape. These are not the kind of people you want to succeed uh, that I just think is brilliant. Oh, wow. And um, so I, I really love almost everything about this show. It's on Showtime. Uh, so if you have the Showtime app, you can watch them all there. Um, but it is, it's absolute genius. I would highly recommend you find a way to seek it out and, uh, and watch it. Cause man, Ben Stiller is such a talent. Is it, on, is it on Laserdisc anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. Honestly, I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't have Showtime. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, it's it, it needs some more um, more love and attention. Um, I've been waiting. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while now because it's been out for a while. But I've just had other things that I wanted to, you know, more in the moment to to get to. But it's it's yeah, it's one worth seeking out. Um, yeah. I've heard of lasers. What is this disc thing you speak of, though? <laughs> I don't I don't know what that is. It, it's like a CD. <laughs> Wait, no. Oh, like at the bank? Yeah. Like uh. at the bank? Like. You yeah. gain interest on the movie? Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that's good because that's what I'm hoping that we can gain interest about this Escape of Dana Moore and then hey. people will see it. So that's how that works. Nicely yeah. done. <laughs> we did it. We did a <laughs> podcast, Josh. It Woo! happened. So Woo! many wonderful thoughts and puns and beautiful things. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media. Or if you want to find the shows, just search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Josh for joining today for the fun. Oh, Josh my Childs. pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Um, yeah, keep your eye on the inspectors. Um, I'm coming up, the episode's coming up soon. Um, oh, you, where to find me, find me, not where to find my work. Yeah, <laughs> we would like your direct home address. <laughs> so, yeah, look for the big tree. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, uh, on Twitter you can find me at either at Josh, what is it, Josh Child, or uh, at the Nether Region. Um, I'm all over the place on both of those, so. At Josh W. Childs, excuse me. And then our nether region is um, at nether underscore region. There you go. Make sure you connect with Josh. Let him give him some love. Let him know, you know, comment on the, the review that he's got. Make sure you go read the Greta review and the best ever challenge that happened this week at SifPop.com. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters, our Sift Pop members for giving monthly to make Sift Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. Get access to every single bonus episode as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Also, your support directly helping Sift Pop expand this year to some fun new areas. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Lots of ways 
ways to connect with us. Uh, you can comment, rate, or leave a review at iTunes, or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than using a cookie cutter on something other than cookie dough. <laughs> Spoiler chat for uh, the movie should be next up in your podcast feed, and next week we will be back with Captain Marvel. It's going to be fun. I see a big circle with your smiling face right in the middle of my screen. A big circle with my smiling face. My smiling face. A circle. In a circle with my (laughs) smiling face. (laughs) I like that. Um, All right. Do the whole thing that way. (laughs) No. No, I don't think I will. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 